everybody. Welcome back to the Noel Kassler podcast, episode 848, 48, not eight. We're happy to be here with you. I'm back with my main man, jumping Jimmy Kennedy, hailing from Indiana. And uh, we're about to break down the week's events and the East Coast is digging out right now. So I hope all you listeners got through the storm okay. A lot of people lost power on Long Island and Cape Cod and the South Shore of Massachusetts. The South Shore gets hammered, man. Situate, Marshfield, those kind of towns, they're always the ones on the news. So they got about two feet of snow. We got about a foot here, Jimmy, and it's a single digit temperatures, but it's nice and sunny today, Sunday, while we're taping this. How how did you survive there, buddy? I'm pretty used to this by now. Uh, Winters are pretty routine here in uh, Salt Lake, my, my part of the state. So I'm surviving, but again, man, like cabin fever, that's really starting to set in with, because I've been isolated. Like I, I read the other day that Indiana was the second least safe place to be in, in the United States with COVID. So yeah, I'm just kind of staying inside until the surge calms down. Yeah, that's crazy. You guys are, you're right up there with Florida, huh? I'm assuming Florida is the worst place to be. Right. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the governor of Florida wants you to get COVID. <laughs> There's no other reason to explain why they're doing what they're doing. Look at their Surgeon General, who this week got called in front of the state Senate in Florida. And there's a great clip of this female, the head of the Speaker of the Senate, you know, this Democratic female answering the guy. And he's clearly a grifter, you know, and he was the same guy who was in front of the Supreme Court with a bunch of other fake doctors last year telling people not to get vaccinated, you know, and it's insane. You know, in Florida's case, it's pretty transparent. You know, DeSantis wants to be a dictator. His buddy owns Remdesivir or whatever, you know, the the monocolloidal antibody company up here in Terrytown, New York, you know. That's why I remember he was setting up all the uh, stations, you know, to get antibodies instead of getting tested or vaccinated. You know, he was turning libraries into fulfillment centers, essentially, for his campaign contribution. You know, how about not getting COVID? But um, that doesn't seem to be the strategy in red state America because it was politicized like everything else is. You know, we sound like a broken record on here, but that's the game, folks. You know, it, it's, it's, it's corporate interests and greedy politicians trying to manipulate ignorant people with racism and catchphrases. And Fox News is designed to scare old people at this point. It, it should be called like terrifying old white ladies network, you know, brought to you by <laughs> wrinkly Australian, you know, like and, and what is Florida? Old white people basically in rednecks and and people are her got DWIs in Indiana and had to skip town. So now they're in Daytona beach. Like I lived down there for three months in early nineties, 93. And it was like in Daytona. And it was, it was like, everybody was on the lamb. You know, everybody I met had like a fake name and a DUI in Virginia. And it sort of like rolled down to Florida. You know, in many cases, it's where you end up. That's, that, you know, Florida proper. Southern Florida has a lot of New York money and a lot of really educated, wealthy people that are just trying to get out of the cold. And it does surprise me that those people haven't been pushing back, you know, given the amount of sort of anti-Semitism, rather, that's dug into all this like right wing racism that they're stirring up. I'm surprised there hasn't been somebody to sort of twist some financial screws not that Jewish people control money. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like all these wealthy New Yorkers that are down in Palm Beach sort of looking the other way, you know, while this Mm -hmm. dictator rises to power through fascism and just pure idiocy, you know, like if I own property in Florida and I saw that secretary of state saying what he said last week, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, what the hell? I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to have my name on a deed in this state when that's the sort of like representation we have. Like, and I'm surprised somebody can't muscle their way into to stopping it, you know, and hopefully in the next election, they'll wise up and get rid of him. But, yeah, you know, it's Florida. I saw a clip yesterday of a fire chief in Florida who got in a road rage incident and he was driving in his car. And he like saw another car that pissed him off. So he reaches into like the little glove box next to his seat and pulls out a Glock nine millimeter. And he's just like waiting for the other guy to catch up to him. And then the other guy tries to pass him and he just starts opening fire, but he's inside his own car. So he just shoots out his own windows and windshield and stuff. And miraculously, like nobody gets hurt. The guy fires like eight times a loaded weapon in his car. The cops pull them both over and let him go. 
because he was a fire chief. And that was six months ago, you know? So this guy's still on the road, still assumingly carrying a concealed weapon and still full of rage and getting away with it because he was a white guy, you know, who was also FD, you know, fire department, right? Like cops and firemen are a lot of what this appeal is going to. And the right wing knows it. They know they sort of have the the authority in that respect, you know, the local authority, the muscle in these municipalities on their side. So it emboldens them. And uh, that's how authoritarians rise to power, right? The state has all the power and it gets the people to resent other people and sort of be their enforcers. And that's what Trump's trying to do, right? That's he, he, he sort of flipped a page last night. He gave a speech. This is in Sunday morning, as I said, I didn't watch it thank God, but I saw the clips, you know, and he talked about like, he wants his followers to protest if he gets prosecuted, you know, he wants mass uprisings in Atlanta and DC and New York where he has cases or he's going to have cases like that's never happened before. A criminal's about to catch a bunch of cases and he's able to get a good chunk of the American people to sort of rise up and fight on his behalf. And that's what January 6th was. And it was coordinated. And they've had a year since then to dig in deeper with this stuff. I mean, they've become religious cult ceremonies now, these MAGA things. You know, I don't know how much you watch of these things, but I mean, it, it's like every crazy dude in the country and dudette shows up to like sport their, their MAGA t-shirts and like listen to an old man in diapers spew hate at him, you know, for an hour and like right. sell them books and all this other crap, just grift them. It's like WrestleMania, but at least WrestleMania is fun and kids are laughing and stuff. Like what, what's right. the appeal here? I don't even want to get into it, Jimmy, because it's so gross, but like, let's, you know, so that's where we're at. You know, it's the same sort of situation. And I think it only changes when you see people really push back that have some muscle. Like Neil Young pushed back on Spotify this week, right? Neil Young was like, dude, I don't want my, my music on there with an idiot like Joe Rogan. You know, he's not trying to censor Joe Rogan. He's just like, nope, you're not carrying my product if that's the other product you're selling, you know? And people who don't understand Neil Young may be surprised by that, but I mean, that's who Neil is. He's not, he, Neil does not suffer fools lightly and he does not, he does not like ever, you know, bend on his sort of moral and ethical and artistic concerns. So and it's effective is my point, you know, Spotify, which is an otherwise healthy company is down 15% this week because of yeah. this, you know, and they're trending in the wrong direction, you know, and that's bad. And Brene Brown just decided to pull her podcast last night, which mm -hmm. will cause some serious consternation, you know, Monday mornings, you know, in the boardrooms in Sweden or whatever, where it's based. But um, so that, you know, that that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. I wish could happen more in these states in Florida and Texas and, you know, if Tesla or somebody, not that, you know, Elon Musk is going to choose the right side of anything ever, you know, but yeah. like if guys like that were pushing back in Texas, this stuff wouldn't get a, a leg up so quickly because they're burning books now, Jimmy. They're telling people not to read To Kill a Mockingbird, <laughs> you know, like that is insane and, and it never works out well. Countries that start burning books, the next chapter you read in their history is never a good one. And that's where we're heading. I don't want to make you cry or anything too early <laughs> well, in the broadcast, but what do you think about all that? My thing is, you know, I grew up with the internet. Books are not the problem. <laughs> you know, you have access to damn near anything with, with an internet connection. And um, you mentioned it, you know, Fahrenheit 451 territory. And as far as like private industry and people stepping up for power, I can remember, I don't know if you recall this and all, but a couple of years ago, Donald Sterling was the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers, and he, there was a racist tape that came out of him talking about Magic Johnson and how it was just a horrible tape for people that recall it. And Chris Paul, who was the leader of the Players Association at the time in the NBA, got the Clippers together and said, look, we're not playing until Donald sells the team. And at that point, they sold it to Steve Ballmer, who's part of Microsoft. And they've had new ownership and haven't had too much of an issue with that sense. But, you know, I think that was a display of individual NBA players who have huge followings on social media and the other owners in the league saying, we're not going to stand for an owner that has these thoughts. <laughs> so somebody's going to have to lose money. And Neil Young's already said that he's going to pull his songs, but we need other artists to do the same thing to really make a statement. We need more people to do it.
Yeah, I mean, it's not gonna, yeah. it's not gonna catch fire in terms of yeah. younger people. I mean, there's a couple factors there. First of all, most people don't own the rights to their catalogs. You know, that's right. a misnomer. People think like, oh, I can just pull their music. Yeah, a corporation owns that music in most cases. Somebody like Neil Young has always set things up differently from a business standpoint, you know, and his manager, longtime manager was Elliot Roberts, who I've mentioned before, who passed away. But, you know, I worked with Neil and Elliot and stuff when I was at CSN, we did CSNY. And at one point, Neil Young was like the wealthiest private landowner in California. <laughs> like Neil has been very smart with his money. He bought Lionel trains, you know, those little like, really? Miniature wow. Yeah, he owns the company when it was going okay. He has a son who has cerebral palsy. I believe it's CP. You know, he has okay. a very severe, you know, case of that. Neil has a yeah. big, uh, it's special needs. I don't know. Technically, I've met him, you know, and I've done the benefit. The Bridge School benefit is a famous charity. It's a special school for special needs children in the San Francisco area. And Neil has a big benefit every year for this charity. And the last time CSN and Y got together was to play that benefit. And you know, like we got to go to a barbecue at Neil's ranch the night before. And Neil has like trains that you can like get in and ride. It's yeah. like next level stuff in his, <clears throat> pardon me, in his barn. But, um, you know, Neil is uncompromising, just completely uncompromising and an interesting guy. I toured with his wife too, Peggy Young, who passed away. When I toured with Peggy Young, Neil would come and sit in with her, you know, and he pulls up and is either Link Volt, which is an electric Lincoln car, you know, or his tour bus where he has all other older cars cut out right. and mounted on the top and it's biodiesel and stuff like Neil's like on next level. He's like a mad scientist, you know, in so many ways, <laughs> especially with guitar tone and stuff. But he'd show okay. up with his son, you know, and like Neil has this whole other life that's like regular person. You know, when we would do that benefit, the Sunday, you know, when the benefit exists, you have all these bands rehearsing the Doobie Brothers, you know, Tom Waits, whoever's there that year, Foo Fighters, you know, and Neil's out front cleaning his bus, like cleaning the outside, like with armor all, you know, and paper towels, like all day, he's just cleaning like a suburban dad, just yeah. like changing the oil where everybody else is performing. And then he just walks on and, and is this rock star, you know, so it's amazing to watch. And it's amazing that that generation, you know, which is very revered in media circles is standing up. And obviously Joni went next and Joni's a fellow Canadian. And from that same scene, it was David Crosby who, who first saw Joni Mitchell playing in Coconut Grove in Florida and then brought her to LA and introduced her to David Geffen and stuff in his house, you know, in his living room. He, he smoked a big joint with David Geffen and was like, hey, I want you to hear my friend, Joni, play him a song. And Joni pulled out her guitar and played a song and then got management with Elliot Roberts, right? Who, who I mentioned at the top of the thing, it was Neil's manager as well. So, you know, they all come from that same Laurel Canyon scene. And that's the scene that I revered as a young man and that I worked in, you know, with Jackson Brown, who I first worked with and, you know, all those guys that were up there in the hills. But they're sort of like it's baked in with those guys to protest and to have the courage of your convictions. And, and it's not so much anymore. And that doesn't mean a younger generation is less political, but they're less like, you know, well, it's going to it's going to be on Spotify either way or whatever. You know, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, it'd be great if Taylor Swift pulled her music. I just don't see, you know big corporations, you know, doing that. Your Universal Def Jam is not going to be like, yeah, let's pull our artists off of Spotify. But right. who knows how this is going to play out? It's certainly uncharted territory. And it's certainly worthy of the sort of like attention that it's now getting. Because, you know, the heart of the matter is Joe Rogan influences dude bros, right? He influences mm -hmm. those same sort of suburban white males working for tree services now or you know putting up drywall and all these things that are part of like what you have to do in life right you know there's nothing wrong with that but there's been a resentment as we've discussed at other times on this podcast like sort of like going through you know mm -hmm. those those demographics for many years and trump came in and threw a match on those resentments you know and and they get exploited by these same corporate interests and and you know 
Joe Rogan's a fool, right? He's not like a clever kind of dude who's got this evil thing. He's just a dumbass like comedian who got a podcast who got really popular because the dudes who have like stained on their playlist are like, oh, this is really smart. He's teaching me to think for myself while I'm getting more reps in at the gym on leg day or something. Like, you know, he's like Charlie Rose for like dumbass white guys. You know, they feel smart watching him. And that's the worst thing is making dumb people feel smart. You know, that was Trump's appeal is like, I'm just like you. I talk like you. All of a sudden, politics turned into WrestleMania and people decided they liked it. Right. I'm political now. I'm going to go to D.C. and shit on the Capitol. You know, like <laughs> it, it became fun for them because they didn't know it could be violent and full of racism and aggrievement. And you get T-shirts and listen to cool kid rock songs and feel yeah. better about your marginalization. But the problem is that you marry that with a global pandemic. And then you get a butt munch like Joe Rogan on there, you know, five feet a weasel, like telling people not to get vaccinated. It spreads, you know, and as we say every week, it's spread to an NFL quarterback who's a great example of that. You know, mm -hmm. I doubt like Aaron Rodgers was hitting the books too hard. I think when they figured out how good his arm was around 16 or 17, that was it. He was fast tracked through any educational situation he might have been in. Then you throw tens of millions of dollars on that kind of thing and a couple hot actresses and all of a sudden you can do no wrong you know better than scientists because your ego gets pumped up into it and then you got a little man in headphones and a bald head in front of you telling you that you're smart and he's done his own research too and you might be onto something and it might be a big conspiracy to make us all sick it's not you know but people make a lot of money off of that and spotify knew it so they paid a dude 80 million dollars to do it to make sure jimmy doesn't get to leave his house for two years because he lives in Indiana where people are susceptible to that. And that's the problem with this stuff, Jimmy, is because this ignorance is weaponized, right? And it's tactical and it'll keep you in your house, which will mean it keeps a liberal voice down, right? You're not out there in the fray. You're not standing on a picket line demanding, you know, vaccine mandates and stuff because you're scared. You're hiding. Not that, not to say that as a weakness, it's just you have pre-existing conditions, right? It's not going to affect you the way it is everyone else. And, and let me, I'll just finish. And, and that's the empathy that we need as a people. You know, if you might survive, good. You're a big NFL quarterback, but you might give it to me and I might give it to my grandma who I haven't seen in three years, you know, mm -hmm. who I'm hoping to see this week finally, you know, who's been moved from elder, you know, living on her own assisted living to like an old folks home where it's 24 hour, like, different situation she's not with yeah. my grandfather anymore you know what i mean she's alone in this home and it's like i can't go there because i'm scared of giving it to her because some idiot like joe rogan talked to the guy who came over to do my driveway or whatever and i talked to him for 30 seconds and unbeknownst to me he's unvaxxed and i'm not trying to diss on like blue collar workers here i know it might sound elitist i'm not elitist folks okay <laughs> like trust me but um that's the area that's getting exploited Right. That, that's the potential to make money for Fox News and for big podcasters and stuff. There's a lot of money in right wing stuff. There's not a lot of money in the opposite of that. OK, like I don't have Joe Rogan numbers of my podcast. Right. There'll be some like right winger I've never heard of every week that I'll see a tweet or something and I'll click on his thing and the dude will have like a million followers. Right. On YouTube and all this stuff. There's a these guys made tons of money. And, in, and I'll shut up now, but Joe Rogan should have been canceled the day he had Alex Jones on his podcast, yes. which was years ago. And Alex Jones was a denier of Sandy Hook, right? And then he harassed the parents who lost their children. And now I had a guy, like a, the same kind of dude I'm talking, white bearded bro, you know, who cuts up people's trees for spare change. <laughs> That's a diss. But that kind of, you know what I mean? That kind mm -hmm. of like ex-urban, suburban dude who lives near Sandy Hook and is fully bought into the whole Joe Rogan anti-vax stuff. And one of my tweets was in the LA Times on Friday. You know, my Neil Young tweet, I said like, hey, hey, my, my, Spotify picked the wrong guy, right? Playing on yeah. a, into the black. And uh, this guy was like, oh no, not you too, Noel. You don't think for yourself. You don't believe that like, you know, he, he was spewing all this anti-vax stuff. And here's a guy who lives within a couple of miles of the elementary school, you know, where 26 children were slaughtered. So if you're able to go in and change people's hearts and minds that had a front row seat to mm -hmm. that kind of like hatred and danger. And this guy was cool beyond that.
before that, you know, this guy was normal, so to speak. And now he's been flipped. And that's what happens is that these people get weaponized. And that's what I'm trying to warn people about. Like, these are soldiers, man, to have a middle class, normal American person write their name, you know, on a federal like sheet of like electors and lie about like who you're sending to the White House to lie like and now hopefully they'll get in trouble. You guys know what I'm referring to. But like, that's insane. That kind of stuff wasn't happening before in this country. That's a next level thing we haven't dealt with. We didn't have dudes like Paul Gosar, you know, who's clearly like a crazy Nazi. You know, if you were making a like Nazi movie, like there's a lot of the characters from now that I'm like, oh, yep, that guy would do that. That guy would send you to a camp. <laughs> you know what I mean? Without a second thought. Like who, who, who thinks that these people won't try and kill us if they're given the chance? They're trying to kill us now. Right. DeSantis and all they're try, they're they're on the side of other Americans dying. And that should be bad. And at most times in our country, that would be seen as a negative. And now it's seen as something like, well, we got to listen to their side, too. Well, it's free speech. Joe Rogan represents free speech. No, he represents morons. He's putting <laughs> horrible information out there that's letting people that are too stupid to believe in science because their brains have been warped by Facebook and Fox News and a lack of education in the, in the country since Reagan started gutting it all. And that, that's where you get. All of a sudden, they're burning books they've never even read. Yeah. Well, and um, uh, Yunkin, the, the Virginia governor, he just installed infrastructure for this sort of thing where he has a hotline that parents can call where they can report uh, subject matter in their schools that they're uncomfortable about their kids learning. Here's something you have to understand about kids. They need to be uncomfortable in order to grow into empathetic human beings. Like that's part of growing up. And no, I can empathize with you uh, seeing your grandmother, man. I don't know if I told you this, but in addition to being a musician, Chooch was a master carpenter and uh, my grandmother's house was going to be in foreclosure and he built an apartment out here uh, where she lived with us for several years. And with COVID, you know, I don't think about it since she's been gone for about a decade now, but I can't imagine living here with, you know, Chooch and his mom having COVID and possibly spreading it to her. I, I lived with my grandmother for a time period. So uh, that brought back some memories that I, yeah. I haven't recalled in a while, you know? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, spent my high school years living with my grandparents, you know, they raised me when my mom couldn't. So like, there's nothing unique about my story. That's all over the country, you know, and, and I, I can't imagine what it feels like to be an elderly person who keep looking out the window for two years, thinking it's almost going to be over and then realizing, yep, I'm not going to see my new grandkids. I'm really not going to see them again. Or if I do get that hug on Sunday, it could be the end of me. Like that's just unforgivable. And, and that image hasn't been shown to these anti-vaxxers, right? Because they're getting popped full of all this other idiocy. It's a hard thing to sort of articulate, but it's what I mean when I talk about it being weaponized. You know, they're not thinking about the grandma with a tear in her eye looking out the window of the old folks home wondering why nobody comes to visit her anymore. Who's, who's already half, you know, in the bag with dementia and stuff, right? The confusion, but a memory will slip through every now and then. And they remember that there's family out there in the world that they haven't seen. I can't imagine a lonelier feeling. But then that's the reality of this. That's the reality of this pandemic. And in a scenario that isn't even the worst scenario, you know, the worst scenario is you die. There was a cop who died this week, who was a famous cop because he went on, he was a sheriff in Washington state and he quit publicly. It was like, Jay Inslee can kiss my ass. I ain't getting vaccinated. That guy's dead now, right? He died this week, but he was a minor celebrity. He was on Laura Ingraham you know, and all the right wing radio hosts were having him on and he got to be a big stud for about two months until the virus got him and now he's dead. That's mm. insane. And that guy was a sheriff, you know, a cop. That guy was law enforcement. Who is the most susceptible to this kind of stuff? Because it's a separate issue, but policing is built on resentment. You know, you, you saw the special episode we did with my friend who was NYPD. He said, look, my job was to beat up black people. And they didn't call them black people <laughs> when they sent us out for the day. And they didn't say African-American. You know, they used racist language and go fuck up some boom. That's the gig. That's New York City. So imagine what it's like in, you know, the hills of Oregon in Washington state and stuff, you know, in Nashville this week, they assassinated a guy like 12 cops opened fire on a dude who was having a mental breakdown on a highway. 
12 cops and a dude unarmed or whatever, just standing there. And they just lit him up because that's my point is like, that's how they're trained, like to be at war with fellow Americans. And it didn't used to be that way. It was always that way. If, if you were a minority, the cops were always going to beat your ass and, and not give you any rights, you know, but there was some sense of like protect and serve. And that's it's now it's like more of an us and them mentality. Right. And that mentality gets superimposed on the MAGA crowds. Right. So instead of what they you know, instead of the human empathetic, like you said, empathy, instead of thinking about that grandma alone in the old folks center, they're thinking, no, we're at war and we're warriors here. And there's a big flag and a Lee Greenwood song and we're kicking ass. We're the good guys here. We're trying to protect everybody from these evil communist like mandates, you know, and the China virus, as Trump calls it. You know, nobody does more business with China than Donald Trump. Okay, when I worked for in 2008, he started renting an entire floor of Trump Tower. I think it's a 23rd floor to China's biggest bank, right? They're this big, huge industrial bank that they have. You know, he still has a project with China on Sixth Avenue because they moved their headquarters. Okay, he had a bank account in Beijing, a secret bank account that nobody talks about anymore. You can look that up. It's in the Post and the Times. Obama made a great joke about it during Biden's campaign, but like the dude had a Chinese bank account. He was an American president who you've never seen his tax returns. And he had a secret bank account in Beijing. He's <laughs> under investigation in New York for like every financial transaction he's basically done in his life. And he's still <laughs> being able to have rallies and get people to think that like the enemy is someone other than him. And they don't see it because it's right. weaponized, Jimmy, because they got the flag. And if you got the flag, you must be a good dude. It's insane. You know, it's that's it's just it's pure insanity. And, and really, that's the heart of the matter is that we're a broken country at this point. Right. right. We're crazy, well, even on the left. Now you go for a minute. One one thing that I thought about this morning and so many things happen in the Trump era that you forget about some of the things that happened. He used the White House as a backdrop for his reelection. Like people forget about that, man. Thank you. That was kind of when I thought the country was broken because you can't uh, you can't unring that bell once you brand the White House. Dude, you, you know, I just that said was that, that was yeah. tough. I just said that this week. I literally just said people forgot like that he had his convention at the White House, right? And everybody clutched their pearls and was like, "Oh, no one's ever done that before. Surely a president wouldn't do that." And then he did. And then we accepted yeah. it and moved on. That's what he does, right? He just does stuff right in your face. You think there's going to be some pushback. You're outraged. And then life carries on. It's mm -hmm. the example I always make about, you know, the beauty pageants. When he inspected all the girls, people were shocked and outraged the first year, right? The production staff was just people were disgusted. By the second year, they were still disgusted, but the producers had written it into the schedule to give mm -hmm. him an hour to invest. You know, it said it right on the, you know, on the production schedule. It said Trump inspects pageants, you know, no camera call or whatever. So, you know, they got to save money on the union cost. They wouldn't bring in the whole crew because they knew Trump was going to be up there for an hour picking out his favorite, who should have had no contact <laughs> with the contestants. He shouldn't have been anywhere near them. But that's my point is that, you know, the U.S., a lot of it was like an honor system, right? There wasn't a lot of like rules in place because you'd always assumed an American president would be at a certain moral kind of like baseline that he wouldn't go beyond this stuff, right? <laughs> it's kind of like I made this analogy before on Twitter. It's like you ever go to a farm stand and it's like take an apple or take a dozen eggs and leave five bucks in a little jar or something, right? Mm -hmm. It was an honor system, right? Trump doesn't have any honor. So he came, took all the apples, took the jar of money and then burnt down. The <laughs> okay. That's what Trump did. And you got to call it for what it is. It's not a both sides ism thing anymore. You know, right. the Republican party, as we knew it was hijacked by a criminal, you know, and it was, you know, it was always skewed towards like, we know what it skewed towards, right? It always skewed towards sort of racism and like manipulating working class white folks, you know, who used to be represented by Democrats, right? Because unions and stuff are what you want. If you're, if you're not a billionaire and you're not a hedge fund guy and mm -hmm. you're not a corporate raider on Wall Street, you're a moron to be voting Republican. And they knew they, that the, eventually those guys would figure it out if it stayed in the same sort of metric that Reagan and Bush had used, right? So other forces, Rush Limbaugh, you know, um, 
Rupert Murdoch, all these other guys are like, no, we got to make it a lifestyle brand, right? We got to make them think they're fighting for like anti-abortion, you know, causes or good Christian America or fighting against, you know, immigration. That way we'll have them, we'll have them hooked for life. And they took the bait, right? Because everything around them is telling them that's the shiny lore you need to bite on, right? They're like fish, you know, and every time you stop at a military base, you see Fox News, Every time you're at a truck stop, you see a bunch of flags and we will never forget and all this sort of toxic masculinity stuff that makes you feel better about your diminished place in the world as you're eating your cheeseburger on a cold linoleum fucking dinette on the side of a highway, carrying some goods across the country in a big pickup truck that somebody could have bought down the street. But a billionaire has a company where it makes you buy your toilet paper online now. So he can get a rocket ship and go into space. Like it's all related, but you don't want people to look that far. You want to give them boogeymen and then righteous, the, 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 uh, the illusion of righteousness. That, that's a lot of what, what's happened in this country. Totems and symbols have replaced thought and, and real science. And then it gets personified in people like Joe Rogan. And it gets cleverly sort of like couched in these terms. Well, I'm just a free thinker doing my own research. Really? Well, did you go to MIT? Did you, did you work at NIH? Did you work in a research lab for 20 years before you became the head of the lab? And then you did your thesis on like virulent transmissions of infectious diseases. And then did you go to Sorbonne or whatever? You know what I mean? No, you Googled <laughs> some shit that you read on the internet and some guy used a bunch of big words on his YouTube page and it looked professional and he even had graphics on there. And then you told your buddy about it the next day after you did some one hits and like dug out a ditch, you know, and then your buddy <laughs> told his buddy and then someone else called you a communist because you brought up the other side and then you didn't want that feeling again because that didn't feel good. So then peer pressure backed you into behaving the way you're supposed to behave in your region. Right. And that's what you're dealing with, Jimmy. You know, you're smacked down under the blanket of like American ignorance. Right. You know, and, and I'm not saying Indiana is an ignorant place. I love Indianapolis. I like Indiana people. It's not what it's about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but Dude, uh, I've got people, I've got people that I know in college that have medical backgrounds, like they have degrees in medicine and they're anti-vaxxers. Right. I, I gave them the argument of, you know, if you had to take a punch to the face, one, you know, one's with a pillow, the other one's with brass knuckles. And the guy's like, I, I, I want to use my natural immunity. You know, you're not proving anything besides that you're a dumbass right. by, by going against the vaccine. And yeah, like, I, I still think part of the GOP thinks that, uh, you know, it still works where you can reach across the aisle. You know, there were people on Twitter saying that VP Harris should resign so she can go on the court and Biden should pick Romney as the VP to, like, unite the country. That's not going to do anything. Like, I don't know. It's... Uh, well, that was, you know, that's Bill Crystal. That's my friend, Bill Crystal, who was a yeah. conservative, outspoken guy. And he was just yeah. gaming it out a few steps. You know, that's one of those issues where Twitter decided to be sort of like super self-righteous and make him the villain. <laughs> you know, like you, you yeah. got to bring in certain thought from conservative sides. Bill Crystal is, is majorly anti-Trump, you know, and he, right. you know, yeah, he's going to say something stupid. He's a conservative white guy, but he's not an idiot. He was just gaming it out. It was not meant to right. engender the backlash that it did. And I almost feel bad for him. And that, but th that brings up a, a separate issue, Jimmy, is that the left is so like ready to pounce on each other, on people that think, you know, this guy, he's trying to help, dude. He's not, you know, it's right. not really going to happen. Kamala isn't going to retire, you know, and, and I understand why you'd be offended by that but it wasn't meant you know right it, it took fire away from the real offensive stuff where people were like oh we have to settle for a white a black woman and stuff you know there was real legit like offensive tweets that came out like yeah. bill crystal wasn't trying to offend anybody and people went after him for their own sort of twitter glory and and that, as i said you know that becomes exhausting people will tell you to chill too when you get mad on twitter they'll be like chill <laughs> out bro you have 600 followers. Like it's easy to say, chill out right. until you get about a hundred thousand followers. And you have no idea what you put up with when you start getting those big numbers. Like everybody thinks they want a lot of Twitter followers. You have no idea <laughs> mm. what your inbox is going to look like 
and how every time you say something, somebody's going to come in there with their stupid like retort and it just grinds you down because you don't get a break from it. Even on, I put up a picture of a sunset last night, like a pretty sunset over my barn. And, and I, I titled the picture like stormy sunset or something, you know, because I wanted to, and, and I said, be safe out there. Cause I knew the storm had just passed us and moved further East to what I mentioned at the top of the show, Boston, Cape Cod and Long Island, you know, Eastern Long Island, they were still getting hammered. So I didn't want to be like, Oh, here's my pretty sunset. I'm cozy and making a fire while you spend the night with no, <laughs> with no electricity and 10 degree weather. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But right. people just caught on that like stormy sunset and saw the red hue of the picture. And they're like, no red skies at night. Sailors delight. <laughs> it's going to be nice tomorrow. Like freaked out like 10 people instantly and these are people that follow me that think you know you check their profiles and they're like liberal warrior blah 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 <laughs> why are you trying to get my blood pressure up i'm just giving you a timeline cleanser and my point is like you'll spend all this time sort of putting content out there whether there's value in it or not is up to the person who receives it to decide but like you don't have to comment on everything everybody posts it's not the dialogue you really think it is <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, I love having followers and people putting their opinions in and letting them know who, letting me know who they are and stuff. But like, if I disagree with something and it's a complete stranger, I'm not going to reply to that person. Right. Right. I've only replied to public figures like politicians. I only reply to public figure. You know, if it's a celebrity that I happen to know because I worked with, I'll say something. But a random stranger, oatmeal lover 156 in <laughs> I'm not if I disagree with what they say, I'm not going to be like, you're an idiot. You got that wrong. You didn't need an apostrophe after that S. You know what I mean? And, and my point is this stuff grinds you down, right? So you get like, hey, what's worth it? You know, Bill Crystal put out a thought and probably spent the rest of his week because it, it does bother you. Because if you have 600 followers, you think, well, it's just my comment. What can it hurt? He's a big, famous person. We try a thousand of those every day in your inbox, along with all the other stuff that is designed to make you give up the Russian bots and the, the death threats and the MAGA people, you know, so you got to deal with all that. And then you got to deal with the people on the left needling you the whole time. And my point in all this is we're all under a lot of stress, right? We mm -hmm. all have PTSD to some extent after what we've been through. Even the people that had it the easiest in the last three years have paid a price. This hasn't been easy on anybody. It's been hell on some people, different levels of that, but you know, it, it's trauma any way you look at it. And we need to treat that trauma. And I think on the left, we're so frazzled that we're quick to leap on each other. And I'll say one more thing on that. You know, people will always be like, dude, it's Twitter. Don't be so sensitive. Well, in my case, as somebody who's sort of an artist, that sensitivity is what creates the things you do like. It is that sense of empathy and trying to put myself in somebody else's shoes and really think like, oh, it's 10 degrees out. Somebody's sleeping in a tent right now, you know, in a public park because they don't have housing, dreaming of how they once lived with cats and a mom and hot food and stuff. Now they're strung out, you know, hoping they don't freeze to death tonight. Like when you put yourself out there on the fringes of American life and try to really communicate that and turn shape that into something you can share with other people to raise awareness about it. And then you're just constantly like, dude, do a bong hit. You know, somebody told me that yesterday with the thing, dude, just do a bong hit. First of all, I'm sober. So thank you very much. I'm not going to do a bong hit, but like that flip it, like, bro, what do you care? Well, I do care. That's the whole point of this thing. I care very deeply and I'm trying to share, you know, what I care about with you in the hopes that like enough people realize what's going on and we stop it before it's too late. Right. So I don't know if I'm making it clear, but it's like that sensitivity is what you want in these people that are thinking about things and creating art and stuff. And I'm not saying we're special or precious, but you can't have it both ways, you know? And, and if people know you're a comedian, they'll think they can just yell out anything to bust your balls, right? I'm not an insult comic. I'm not a nightclub. Ha ha, anybody here on an anniversary? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not that kind of comedian, okay? Like, not that I don't have a sense of humor. I'm just saying I'm not in this because I'm just like, I want to bust your chops and you bust my chops. This isn't Joe Rogan. This isn't meathead white dude comedy in Austin. This is like, hey, let's try to like point out some truths about the hypocrisy in the world and let people know what's pushing their buttons and who's getting rich off of their suffering. And we have to be aware of that. You know, we have to sort of band together because like I always say, 
I don't like the team we have, right? It's a championship tonight, right? Like we're in the championship of American democracy to see who goes into the Super Bowl, right? And the next election is the Super Bowl. And whoever wins that, you know, and the midterms are the championship game. So you want your team rested, well-trained, knowing the playbook, having drilled it a lot, working as one as a cohesive unit. And the left doesn't do that. You know, if you had two receivers getting in a fight with each other as you walk through the tunnel onto the field, you know you're screwed, right? Because they're not thinking about the game. They're thinking about themselves and their own resentments and fears, and they're picking at their teammates. And that's what we do. That's the trap that they want you to fall into. And that's the trap and the snare of social media, right? Social media is like a trap. You know, you see the shiny object and you're like, oh, I'm going to get that piece of meat. And then next thing you know, you got a freaking leg clamp on your foot and you can't go anywhere because you're stuck in that anger and reacting to this thing. And we have to be aware of that. We have to be aware of all these sort of landmines that are laid out in American life right now because they're designed to sap your energy. They're designed to make you give up and say, F it. I'm just going to stay home and and deal with myself and, and watch the world crumble. And, and, and as I said before, a lot of the smart people that really know the big picture did that a long time ago. You know, the smartest people I know are not on Twitter. No insult to my friends and folks and myself included <laughs> on Twitter. You know, the real people that know the dealer, they're, they're not even going to bother because it's like trying to convert people in a subway car or something. You just become like a maniac yelling at the public instead yeah. of, of strategic action. So hopefully those smarter people are, you know, writing books and papers and trying to affect change in some other way because we'll spin out on the social media thing. I'm telling you, like I said before, <laughs> a blue wave emoji is not going to do it. You know, this toxic optimism. Well, it just means we got to vote harder next time. They're cheating everywhere in the country. You can vote as hard as you want. A party is showing you they're willing to fake the results and forge them and send them back in, you know? And if you don't have the stomach to stand up against that or clearly illuminate that that's what happened last time to the American people with live televised hearings, you're going to fall prey to it next time. And next time you won't even notice it because all these guys have gotten themselves elected. All these Trump supporters are now states, you know, attorneys generals or, or you know, state controllers, whatever, the, what's the term, the secretary of states, right? The right. guys that sign off, you know, you mentioned Yunkin. Yunkin's a great example of that. You know, clearly just vying for his own presidency, right? His, his own presidential candidacy. He can't run again. Governor of Virginia is only allowed one term, right? So he doesn't care about his ratings as governor anymore. He cares about his national standing, right? And in a week, he put himself basically on par with DeSantis. Get three or four more of those guys together. With, and there's a lot of them already. You got Carrie Lake. You got the chick up in South Dakota. Sorry, that's disrespectful. The woman up in South Dakota. <laughs> I don't mean to, I'm not a misogynist, you know, I'm old school hippie dude. <laughs> so Chick is still in my vocabulary, but you know, you got the woman in South Dakota who clearly is willing to kill her constituents for her national thing. You got Sarah Palin, the inventor of this sort of like populism, this idiocy right-wing Tea Party populism, right? Mm. You know, and you got your guy, Steve Schmidt is the one who created Sarah Palin too. The guy you're seeing on MSNBC every night knows how this works. Right now for their side, there's more money in the democratic approach to this Lincoln's project and all these guys, Rick Wilson, you know, but they could switch back too. they could see the tide is changing and start doing messaging for a Yunkin or somebody like that. And then you're really screwed because these guys have built up your trust for the last five years. And now all of a sudden you trust what they say and they're saying, hey, maybe like, you know, Yunkin isn't such a bad idea because we're not going to get a Kamala Harris as a president. Right. People have to look down the road like chess and see the strategy of this. Say, hey, these guys I'm trusting right now might switch against me. Some online political action committee that makes cool videos might decide this is who we want to be in office. And then that person could be like a sleeper agent, so to speak, right? That's what happened with Kristen Cinema, Hollywood. All these people came out to campaign for her because they wanted to beat Martha McSally. Right. And then she was worse. Martha would probably be better because at least you'd know who she was and she wouldn't waste your time for six months. Kristen Cinema did the rope or dope, ducking everybody trying to ask her a question and curtsying and cutesying or whatever the hell you call it. You know what I mean? Showing up with her denim vest. She, she knows how to work it. And she just ate up all this time, which time is your greatest resource right now in democracy. Right. Time is more valuable than money at this point. There's plenty of money. 
We're not in trouble for a lack of money. We're in trouble because we don't have a cohesive team understanding the urgency of this moment and working together to do something about it. I was trying to think of an analogy to describe my anxiety and like the way democracy is right now. And if, if you ever go to a carnival or something like that, you, you ever see the plates spinning on the sticks and the guy's just trying to keep all the plates spinning. I feel like that's what Biden and the, the Democrats are all trying to do is keep all the plates spinning, trying to prevent any of them from falling. But we know a few of them are going to fall with the way that it's going. I mean, that's the way it kind of feels is one of those carnival things where, where the plates are spinning and they're just trying to keep it going at this point. Um, Absolutely, man. Well, I think that's about enough for a week. I don't want to get people too like riled up and too depressed. We've been talking for almost about an hour. Yeah. Um, stay in the fight, folks. And, it, you know, it's a beautiful day out. You know, hopefully it'll be a beautiful week before the next storm. So get out there, get some exercise, get in the snow. Jimmy can't do any of that. So do it for Jimmy. Get some sunshine <laughs> on your face, at least. Walk out no. with a coat on. Do something. Get the some vitamin D in you, please. Get some vitamin. Exactly. The vitamin D, man, that's my thing. I'm a sun junkie. You know, I love the sun. I soak it up. And, uh, you know, the sun is always there. The birds are always there. You know, my best thing in this, like when it gets storms like this, I go out and put these, this, the seed out for the birds and the birds. And I put it everywhere, not just in the bird feeder. Like I spread it on the ground. So they have an equal shot at getting it because doves, morning doves can't sit on the bird feeder. You know, they eat off the ground and stuff. So I sprinkle it everywhere. And uh, when I walk out there to sort of refill it, you know, whatever, when it runs out, the, the few birds that are there will have retreated. And when I come out and I'm spreading out the bird seeds, you can hear them like talking to each other. Like, oh, hell yeah, my man is back. Yo, he's throwing out cracked corn. I see sunflower seeds, you know, he's hooking yeah. us up. But you feel that joy, you know, you feel that like nature is out there, man. You know, I had eight deer in the yard, you know, on Friday night, bucks and stuff, you know, coming out and getting ready for the storm. And nature knows what's coming down, right? They have an instinct. These animals know you're getting a big storm because they tap into a deeper wisdom. And that's what people need to do, right? We need to get silent. We need to open our hearts and we need to trust that intuition, you know, that things are kind of going in a wrong direction. And it's really the humanity of us all that'll turn it around. You know, it's tapping into that higher power, not the sense of your own self and your own problems and whatever's going on with you that week, which we all have. You know, I'm distracted today because like I ordered some air filters, these blue air filter things. And I ordered them like at the beginning of January, they never arrived. I did the tracking number and they got sent back to the shipper. And now they're like, they're not responding to my emails. And that kind of stuff will throw me off, right? Because it represents something bigger. It's just like, I'm going to get ripped off. I'm not going to get what I want. I'm getting screwed over. The system sucks. You know, I should have used, I did this by the way, because I don't use Amazon, right? So I ordered directly from the manufacturer which is never, I won't say it's never a good idea. It's what you're supposed to do if you're trying to avoid Amazon. But, you know, Amazon has it down, right? I'm not even convinced right. it didn't get screwed up on purpose because I didn't go through Amazon, right? Because <laughs> UPS comes to every time to my house, no problem. And the one time you, you go direct from the source, UPS somehow screws it up and returns it to shipper. You know, who, to knows? Them for private right. business. who knows there isn't a little thing that just kind of like, I'll teach him a lesson. It'll take him two months to get his product because Jeff, you know, Bezos isn't getting his cut. Who knows? I'm just trying to say that's the kind of like, I don't, what's that term hole that people fall down? Oh, uh, the rabbit hole? Rabbit hole. You know, that's yeah. the kind of rabbit hole I can go down. And, and every day we all have that, right? We all have our little things that can just set us off and fill us with anxiety and fear and stuff. We're not alone in that. It's probably never been more magnified than it is now. But we always have a choice. The best way to hit a reset for me is to like walk outside, check out some nature, you know, do some meditation, the silence of a big storm, you know, besides the wind and stuff, the lack of transportation I love because it's just quiet, right? You don't have all the giant aggressive pickup trucks and all this stuff. I had to mention pickup trucks once or it wouldn't be the Noel Kassler <laughs> podcast, right? But we don't have that same sort of busyness of life. And, and that's what you really have to connect to. You have to find a place in your day to just connect to it all. You got your Stevie Wonder t-shirt. It's like yeah. Stevie Wonder, but he's wearing a Stevie Wonder songs in the key of life thing, you know? And I told you the story a million times, you know, like 
Stevie's all about the vibe. You know, Stevie knows what's up and, and he knows what's up because he's checking in with something deeper pretty much constantly. You know how you have like an internet's like rebuffing our rebuffering all the time. You see that thing, you know, uh-huh. you want to always kind of make sure you refresh. That's a good way to put it, Jimmy. Go back to the source, especially now, you know, because we're in those those quieter sort of darker, colder months. So it's a good time to do a little of that, you know, because we're going to need everybody all hands on deck for the fight that's coming. It's ramping up. Once we come into spring, you know, and the midterms are within sight and these investigations really sort of crescendo, which they're building up to do. But once we're in public hearings, which they're saying in like March or something, that is your civil war, right? That's already going to be a cultural civil war because they're going to be trying to counter that stuff, you know, and it's mm-hmm. going to get nuts with your Tucker Carlson's and your Hannity's. Not that it's not nuts already, <laughs> but it's going to get even crazier, okay? Because they're the, they're the generals prosecuting, you know, the war on the right. It's not really Trump, you know, it's Murdoch and all the talking heads. And that's what you see in all the communications that went to Trump. It was all the sort of, colonels and stuff and they're like hey talk to trump this is going wrong this is not what we planned for not that they didn't plan for the violence but the way it was just working out on tv even the most hardened right winger was like oh no this is bad my kid's crying <laughs> you know People, <laughs> my kid is crying you know what i mean my wife is yelling at me tell trump to call it off and none of them would right even ivanka was like no we're just gonna let it go a little bit longer you know until they had to right anyway that's all coming down the pike. So take care of yourself, folks. Enjoy the football. I guess it'll be over just like Tom Brady's career. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Even the Bucks are happy that he's gone. You know, it's been 22 years of dominance for Tom. I think that's enough. And he's going to make more money off the field. He'll probably run for Congress and be POTUS oh, within 12 years. God. The way this thing's rolling. <laughs> I yeah. hope not, but I'm saying, you know, he, he's perfectly set up for it. You know, yeah, Fox News is already has already got his image plastered, you know, as a possible candidate. They do? Uh, if they don't, I yeah. just gave them the idea. So yeah, you're welcome, you Rupert. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> and, and where can the folks find you, Jimmy? JBK on air. Uh, that's my social media and the podcast. So search my initials, JBK on air, and you'll find it. Thanks, man. And you guys can find me at noelcastler.com. You can also get some Noel Castler podcast t-shirts there if you want. Always have them for sale. They're high quality cotton with a nice silk screen graphic. And otherwise, I'm just going to keep plugging away. And I, I know this podcast can get a little dark and stuff, but you guys make it light. And I know some of you appreciate it and you keep listening. And I do appreciate that. Jimmy appreciates that. You know, it's dark times we're in, but it's going to get better. We're going to get out of this together, you know, and we'll be back to talking about the Kardashians or something, you know, (laughs) and how crazy Kanye is or whatever it is. You know, we'll be back to that delicious superficiality of American life. Right. (laughs) But these are the uh, these are the serious times and they they require, you know, equilibrium, serious, sober thought and, and an ability to not be afraid. You know, I think, you know, you got to react as Steve, you know, as I discussed with Stevie Wonder, you got to react to everything with love in your heart. If you got love in your heart, you're on the side of justice. Nothing can touch you. You know, love never leaves us. Love never dies. Right. And love is behind that sun that you feel on your face. So go out and get you some love. We'll see you next week. Take care of yourselves. Stay warm. Peace.